Thank you for joining us for the lessons from First Naz Podcast. I enjoy and I find it a great privilege to get to share with you, you know, what God has been, has been working with me. And like Phil said, there was a little bit of wrestling. But I am, I know I've learned this lesson over and over and over again, but I am still amazed on how much the Holy Spirit works in preparation for a Sunday morning service when his people come together. I was just thinking when we, Kay sang that, it's a new song, but I loved it. Uh, Here Comes Heaven. And, and some of you might remember the song that I was reminded of. It says, heaven come down and glory filled my soul. And I'm like, whoa, that's it. You know, Jesus didn't come to be a pretty baby. I don't know if he's pretty, but he was adorable. He didn't come just to pay our debt. He didn't come to just be among us and experience being the created for a while. He came to tear that curtain apart so that we could have a intimate, personal relationship with God in us and we in him. And that was pretty, that's not on here. I enjoyed Gene a lot. He happened to have gotten to NNC at the time, just before I got there as a student, and we had the privilege of listening to him for four years. Tina would walk down to the college, and we'd get to hear him together, so we enjoyed him then and now. But at the risk of a little bit of a corporate groan, I'm going to start out this morning with a quiz. In the last couple of weeks, as Gene took us through the Sermon on the Mount, who did he say we are? Oh, my. My teacher daughter would have a problem with this. We are them, we are brothers and sisters. What else did he say we are? You guys are good. (laughs) I thought that might happen. Okay, who did he say God, particularly in his relationship to us, was? Are you going to wait for the answer? (laughs) Father, right? Father. When I was in the service, I had the, uh, I guess it was privilege, looking back on it, but it was an awful lot of work at the time, and heading up uh, a a number of training seminars, we called them, and one of them was uh, called Increasing Human Effectiveness, and it ended up being probably the most impactful uh, thing we taught our leaders, and in that, we talked about the importance of reminding ourselves daily of certain things. How many times during the week and how many times during the day do you hear things that is counterproductive to a good spiritual life or good life in your life? Well, well, you you gotta over you gotta over noise that noise. 
and uh, get up in the morning and begin to tell yourself, I am a son or a daughter. I am a child of the Almighty God. And I have lots of brothers and sisters. It's good, I was just thinking, it's good to be here. You're all brothers and sisters. We have a lot of brothers and sisters, but we're the brothers and sisters that eat at the same table. And it's just really nice to get to share with you something that God has had on my mind all week. One of the three things that finally came out to do in it. You know, uh, I'm going to say this. You've heard it, I'm sure. When I first started saying it, not very many people said it. It's all about relationship. Do you agree with me that we're in a time of trouble today? I think this year has stretched everything thin. Our relationships, for many of us, our finances. For people like me, our patients. For many, our health. In almost every aspect, our earthly our human life has been in one way or another stretched this year. And now we've gone through Thanksgiving, and uh, for, for my family, it was Tina cooked a good meal. My dad and I armchaired quarterback the football game. And other than that, it was just the family that we see every meal. Now we're going into Christmas. Christmas and Advent, I am so happy that we're celebrating Advent. Um, not everybody does, but it has been a favorite time of, my, of the year uh, in my life long before I even became a pastor and began to think about the spiritual aspects as much as uh, you do. Uh, it was the time when we lived on the East Coast that we got to see family. If that would have been the situation today, it might have been a little tough to do that. It was the time when we got to forget about all the other trouble. In fact, uh, we entered in, in uh, most of the places where I worked something called holiday time, which means that we got off almost every day somewhere before you usually did. It was a time when uh, you could focus on maybe some of the things more important. I wonder if this year during Advent we won't have to look higher for today's theme is hope, isn't it? For hope. Ephesians 2, 11 through 13 says, Don't forget that you Gentiles, and I taught my last church to think of people of, not people of God for Gentiles and people of God for Israel. So in today's world, we'd say believers, not believers. Don't forget that you Gentiles are not believers, used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews 
who were proud of their circumcision even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. In those days you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from the citizenship among the people of Israel, the people of God, and you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you've been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. Now that could be the sermon. <laughs> we could spend several here. But let me kind of synopsize what the point I'm trying to make. Once we, we were separated from God and therefore without hope. Just wondering, I, uh, I'm getting to the age where I'm starting to look at the obituaries. And I see people sometimes that I know in there. I wonder what percentage as I, we got to travel a little ways to come down to town, as I come around town, as I see people wondering what percentage are standing there without hope. And, then, and you know what you're not going to, where you're not going to get it from? Is the news. Back in the 70s, we used to sing a scripture song. Did I reveal my age a little bit there? Some trust in chariots. Psalm 27, by the way. And some in horses, but we will remember the name of our the Lord our God. I'd like for you to take your Bibles. I used to print them just as I did on that scripture up on overheads. And I come to the conclusion that I wanted you to know that it isn't me that's doing it. So I, I have you go to your Bibles or your biblical reading devices and read together with me. And I know we have different uh, sometimes different translations, but uh, I think we can follow along. I'm going to, I use the New Living Translation. I don't know if you can see it, but it's because the New Living Translation I happen to have on my desk is big enough for me to read. We're going to begin with verse 9 and go through verse 16 of chapter 8 of Hebrews. Romans. See, I, I told you there was three messages bouncing around in my head. I do mean Romans. Chapter 8, beginning with verse 9. Uh, stand if you can, if you, if you can't, no, but it, I, I just think that God's word is something special. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit, if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life. Because you have been made right with God, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead 
He will give life to your mortal bodies. I want to emphasize that. Mortal bodies. By this same spirit living within you. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's Spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. For his Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And then I want you to skip forward to chapter 15. And it's uh, Paul is kind of synopsizing here. Verse 13, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. You may be seated. I want us to look a little bit at, uh, at this scripture because, um, like I said, I read often through the New Living and I like its translation most of the time. But right off the bat in the first verse I read, I have a problem with it. Did anybody's translation that they read say something different? Romans 8, it would have been verse 9. You know, what, what the New Living Translation said was sinful nature is uh, the Greek word sarx, which means flesh. And uh, I, I appreciate the interpreter's issues and problems in trying to go through Scripture sometimes uh, because uh, sinful nature, uh, according to tradition, is the lower nature. But the lower nature uh, doesn't always have to be something sinful. It's just focused on the flesh. And in, in this particular setting, as I'm looking at it in our time of trouble, the flesh is what the world is looking at when it stands on the corner and says, where do I go? They're not thinking spiritual. We are, we are, I think the overhead says, we are sitting there with two competing natures driving our, for our attention. One is this, all the corporal that we find. And the other is a higher plane. <laughs> oh, goodness, another hymn that comes to mind. <clears throat> a higher plane that I have found. Anybody remember that anyway? You are controlled by the Spirit. Now, in the, in the next couple of verses, Paul talks about the Spirit and Christ, which is, okay, goodness. See, the, the Holy Spirit puts together the whole service and we sing Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the three in one. 
right? We have God living in us, inside of us. And Paul is emphasizing that. Anytime you see something three times in the Scripture, he is emphasizing it. He's inside of us. And, and this is, this is what I love, this higher nature, this because God is living in us, has its effect on our flesh, on our mortal bodies. Oh, I will try not to bounce like Gene talked about his professor doing. Isn't that good news? We have a new nature, a higher nature. We are children of God. In in uh, in our text, he says, "For all who are led by the Spirit are of God, are children of God." And and I want to say the lead is is a is an interesting term because uh, it's it's not there's no distance between us as we follow the Spirit. From within, it is a unity because we are um, sensitive and we are uh, submitted in such a way that as the Spirit moves, that's the way we go. Or anyway, that's the way it should be. I want to uh, take a little while here and I'm going to reveal a little bit about my journey, I won't take long at it, my journey in understanding the intimacy of God and what he wants in our relationship. For me, as a, as a little child growing up in the Nazarene church, which was Holiness Church in the 50s, oh, I know, somebody, feel, they feel me now. I learned of God as the judge. Anybody experience that? I, uh, you know, we sang Jesus loves you, but that love was, boy, don't you dare, don't you dare smoke, drink, or chew or go with girls that do or you're going to be judged, you know. That broke down in my life. And I began, I think I have, a, have it as number one up there because many people begin there where I believe God existed, but not as I'd learned, which is good. It's, he's not as I learned. He is judged, but he's so much more than that to me. A popular singer back in my day said he's watching us from a distance but as I matured in my relationship with God I learned that there is no distance and he's not just watching me I then came to view God as a merciful master I was a servant of him and then eventually I learned that the, my response to him was, was obedience born from love and not just from duty. I hope I'm 
If I'm resonating with some people, good. I hope you're not still there. hope you're going on with me. Then I began to understand a little bit about God as Father and God as Groom. And then uh, three times over a number of years, about 30 years, I did an in-depth study of the Song of Solomon. Anybody try that, for instance? I'm just curious. I did it three times over time. And it was in the last time that I finally realized that as father and as groom are the human allegories that we have closest to what God wants, but he wants far more. That's why he did this. This is why Jesus came, so that he would be inside of us and we in him. Don't ask me to explain he in us and we in him and that kind of thing because I can't. But what a wonderful relationship. In times of trouble, this relationship is what makes us salt and light. It what, it's what makes us the source of hope for everyone around us. That's why I feel that chapter 15, verse 13 is part of this because Paul is talking about being filled and filled to overflowing with the God of hope. The God of hope. I was afraid I was going to go a long time, but you may be happy with me. I don't know. I don't see a clock up there. So, Are we already past noon? I don't know. Oh, then we're good. How do we do that? How do we change, change the lens of our view so that we're, we're viewing the higher ground? How are we to be salt and light, the source of stability and hope in our families and in our communities and in our country? How are we to be that? I think, number one, we must be filled with the Holy Spirit. In Luke, Luke focused on this a lot, but the as Jesus was talking about giving gifts, a good father gives good gifts, not a bad gift. Anybody remember those parables? Luke says, how much more will the heavenly father give the best gift of all, the Holy Spirit, God in you? It's not hard. In fact, <clears throat> most of the journey that God wants to put us take us through is not hard as far as understanding it's sometimes hard to do because our focus is on the lower nature but it's not hard it's simple all he says we have to do to have him inside is ask well isn't that simple then once he's within us, 
And once we have this intimate conversation, once we've gone beyond the torn curtain and we are together, we need to do what people together do, and that is stay in communication through reading and prayer. And then comes the hard part, submitting. Submit in obedience to the leading of the Spirit. And I want to say it becomes a habit to say, well, God, I'm, I'm not, that wasn't on my agenda today. So, so how about we kind of scratch that off and, uh, and maybe I'll do it another day. The more you do that, the more, well, it's easy to do. It's being immediately responsive in submission to the obedience, the leading, the urging of the Holy Spirit. I like the way the text says where it says we are not obligated at all to the lower nature. We're not obligated. Remind ourselves daily who and whose we are. I said that before, didn't I? Remind ourselves daily. You know, <clears throat> it's, it's not a bad practice to write it on a card and put it by your bedstand. So that when you get up in the morning, you take that card the first thing, and you remind yourself, I am a child of God. I am a brother and sister to all of his people. And because I am, I will be salt and light where I'm at. And avoid, avoid by these above things, falling into the mindset of the world. And that's easy to do because it's all around us. But focus on our relationship with God. Focus on our relationship with each other. And be responsive to the Holy Spirit. And boy, you've just tapped me out on wisdom. I'm going to just end with this. When I finally figured out the relationship of being a son, in my case, a child of God, sons and daughters of God, it was the most wonderful thing, most wonderful knowledge that I received suddenly in all the world. Because once you get in the habit of thinking in terms of a servant, it's hard to get out of it. Our Father isn't asking us to perform for him. He's asking with us or of us to join him. Just to be with him as he does, and if we're with him as he does, we will be accomplishing what we need to do.
as his child. Let's stand together. Let's go out in this Advent season and be the hope, be the love, and the peace and the joy to those around us because we have the source right here. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your love for us. I thank you for this desire that you have, and I have a hard time understanding why, for you want to be one with us, living in, our, in us and, and uh, working constantly in our sometimes embattled hearts. And I thank you, Lord, for the work and love and, and the togetherness that you just bring us all into as we worship you and as we come to a house of worship and we're turned, tune it in. Father, I pray for those that are experiencing trouble from this troubled world and troubled time. Lord, I know that you are the one who works and brings everything about and who never leaves us. Thank you for my brothers and sisters here today. Lord, I pray you work powerfully in each heart and life. In Jesus' name, amen.